Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. This is Advice from a Call Center Geek, a weekly podcast with a focus on all things call center. We'll cover it all from call center operations, hiring, culture, technology, and education. We're here to give you actionable items to improve the quality of yours and your customers' experience. This is an evolving industry with creative minds and ambitious people like this guy. Not only is his passion call center operations, but he's our host. He's the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing Group and the call center geek himself, Tom Laird. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast. We try to give you some actionable items to take back into your call center, improve the call center, improve the customer experience, improve your agent experience. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO of Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer located here in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I should say here, as I record this on November 17th, about a week and a half before Thanksgiving, we had our first snow today. Nothing crazy, but just kind of one of those actually kind of pretty snows, you know, uh, as I as I woke up and kind of looked out my window this morning. So so it's kind of cool, but hey, it's coming, right? It's that, uh, well, I guess it's that time of year in the Northeast, so... All right, hey, I wanted to talk about 10 unique ways to use speech analytics. And I've talked about some of these and you know they've they've been kind of mixed up in different episodes, but I had a chance to meet with our QA team and and kind of our analytics analytics team who's kind of intertwined. And they're doing some really cool things. So I I thought that this could be helpful to those of you who are using speech analytics want to kind of expand the the use case for it, want to expand the ROI for it. Um, you know, it's a it's a unique tool and it's relatively new, relatively new in the in the format that it's in now where it's this accessible to kind of the people, right? I mean, it used to be a really expensive tool that you could have, you know, kind of slapped on, get a couple servers, have to have a couple programmers and analysts to kind of utilize it. But now it's 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 kind of analytics for the people. So now that everybody's really having a chance to utilize it because the the cost is so low, you know, some unique things are starting to happen. So here's 10 unique ways to utilize speech analytics. I wanted to put this one number 1 cuz I think it it really kind of it <laughs> sums up the power of analytics, right? And that's really to start to have proactive customer service. Right. For so many years, customer service was reactive, right? We we would hear what a customer says. You would go up to your marketing team or you'd go up to finance or you'd go up to product and be like, hey, we're starting to hear this. And they'd say, Well, how many of them are you hearing? We'd be like, well, we're kind of starting to hear it. It's come and they would kind of, you know, kind of shoo-shoo you. But now, you know, we can kind of quantify all of that. So, you know, when we start to hear that there's a product issue or you know, that a piece is constantly missing when it gets sent, or if the website is having an issue, right? When we see that there's a percentage of callers that are calling in about it, two, three, 4% of callers, you know, that's when we start to perk our ears up a little bit to say, hey, this could be a bigger issue. And instead of waiting for that flood to happen, 
right, of all the customers having an issue, we can either tell the client or, or tell our higher up teams to, hey, we got to fix this right before that happens. Or we can actually go and send emails out, make outbound phone calls, you know, anybody who's been affected by this when we do our research. So that's a powerful tool to not be reactive, but to use analytics, to use the actual customer data coming in to be proactive with your customer support. Um, <laughs> that is, you know, in itself, you know, people always talk to me about, well, give me a, give me a, the ROI case for speech analytics. And I would tell you right there, right? If, if I just said, hey, these other nine things on my list, they don't exist. This is the only thing that exists. I think it'd be worth it, right? Really powerful tool when you're using it in, in that sense. All right, number two, we pay our reps. And, and I know you guys, a lot of you who have followed me for a long time, I've already heard this, but I think, again, no one's really doing it and it baffles me, but we're paying our reps off of sentiment. And when I say pay our reps, we're more incenting our reps off of sentiment, right? Customer sentiment scores, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, agent sentiment scores. So if overall we're seeing that that the you know customer sentiment scores are rising, and then we're looking at specific reps who have really really high agent sentiment scores, right? Proper tone, they're using proper word usage. Um, we look at the the percentage of times that there's silence on their calls, that maybe somebody's on hold and it's super low, right? We know that these reps are treating people properly, right? The system is telling us that, which then we listen to and it, it verifies it. So to be able to incent reps to be nice to people, to give them more money based on being nice. You know, before we would just basically base it off QA, right? And we still do. I mean, that's still a big piece of it, right? Where you're scoring people. But just because you you kind of check off all the things that you're doing, right? You got into that subjective area of tone, right? Well, I think her tone was nice. And other people say, well, I think it was a little bit rough. Well, now, you know, we have kind of a, a benchmark of tone, you know, through analytics so that we can really see if somebody is treating customers properly. Because again, as you, you guys know, my, my theory that the tone is the message, right? You got to have proper tone or the whole call is, is, is garbage, no matter how well that you service the customer. If they felt like you were annoyed with them, it doesn't matter, right? So that's a really important piece. Again, incenting your reps for being nice, right? And being able to do that where everybody can see a dashboard is a really powerful, powerful tool. Number three, and this kind of goes with number one, but it's it's getting actual marketing data, right? So, you know, when we talk about proactive service, we're talking more on the service side. With this, we're collecting product information. We're collecting price information. We're collecting, you know, all the things that have to do with the service or the product, right? So no longer are we just looking at serving the customer with our call center, but we're collecting all that big data and sourcing it. And being able to go back to the marketing team that 38% of the customers use the phrase too expensive on this product, right? We can do all that, those kind of things. Hey, people have been calling in and, and we have a percentage of customers that hated that last ad that we put out. They thought it was rude or, you know, they thought it was condescending. We can collect all that information, give it back to the teams and have them make business decisions based on what customers are saying without us actually doing surveys, right? They're giving a, a non... <laughs> a non-ass survey every single time they call when we're collecting all that data. Pretty cool. All right, number four. I think, you know, really looking at customer sentiment, right? 
And the cool thing about customer sentiment is, is then understanding the, the whys, right? Understanding why things are dropping, looking at keywords based on sentiment, right? We always knew if, if you did CSAT or you did NPS, right, you would see if a customer was mad or if they were irritated or if there was a trend. But a lot of times we didn't have the data you know, behind that to, to really say why. We would just assume, hey, well, we just launched that new website. They must not like it. Right, we'd make those type of, of leaps and uh, leaps of faith without us really knowing. So I think you know that's a that's a really important piece of it. Number five is we can now look at frustration segments within a call. So you could have a caller who you know is is very happy with the service that they're getting, right? But they call and they say, yeah, it's just you know I think it's really annoying that you guys charge me a fee when we do that. But you know, I really like the company, but it's just kind of a kind of an annoyance for me, right? Now that's an extreme example, but we can actually see that in the voice, right? And we can notice the words she's using around it. So not only are we looking at can you look at customer sentiment, but you can look within a call about little frustration points that customers have with maybe the journey or maybe your product. Right? They're not calling in because they're ticked about it, right? This is kind of a, a secondary ancillary thing that they bring up you know, during the call that we're able to kind of track and monitor so that we can say, hey, you know what? It might not be a problem today, but it looks like that new thing that we sent out, there's, a, there's some frustrations around it, and, and maybe we can tweak that right now before this turns into a big deal, right? So I think that's a, that's a really cool kind of use, again, for for being proactive with analytics. And if I guess if there's a theme here, at least early on in these, these top five, that's kind of the theme. Okay, the sixth unique use case for speech analytics is to really look at service level and what your variance is for SLA. So let me break that down. Everybody always gets mad at me when I post a blog or when I talk on here about 80-30 being the benchmark SLA, right? Being kind of the average SLA. Right, so eighty percent of the calls answer within thirty seconds or less. I get a ton of pushback. Says Tom, that's not true. It's different by industry, and you know that that's a misnomer, and it's really never been true. And and fine, I'm not here to to debate that. But what I will agree with my friends is that we do have the tools to not just make these blanket statements, but to really look deeper at each customer segment and create SLAs that really are based on the, I guess the 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 level of of service that a customer is willing to have or that a customer, a group of customers are willing to have. So let me break that down. So we can look and say, hey, at an 80-30, we have a positive sentiment score of 77%, right? So 77% of the customers have positive customer sentiment when we have an 80-30. So now let's let's extrapolate that out to 60 seconds, right? So when a customer, when the customers are waiting 60 seconds, maybe it only drops 1% to 76%, right? And that may mean that we don't need to staff or we can we can have four or five less headcount, right? Which saves some money. Again, you want to talk about ROI of, of analytics. That's a big piece of it. You didn't, you're not irritating your customer base. They're willing to wait that minute and maybe you don't need as much headcount. Those guys can be doing other things. Now, let's say we get to a minute 20 and it only drops another one percentage point. But then we get to two minutes and there's a 15 to 20% drop in sentiment. We know, you know, really at, at a minute 20 or a minute 30, that's really when our customers really start to get ticked. 
So maybe we staff at 10% under that, which is still not an 80-30. We, we can maybe be at an 80, you know, 90, um, you know, and, and have 80% of the calls answered with 90 seconds or less. So that's a cool use case for it, right? To, to really be able to look and see where your customer variances are, where their frustrations come from waiting and, you know, staff it to that level so that you're still making your customers relatively happy, right? They're, they're not irritated. They're showing it through analytics, but- you know, you can save some money, you know, having your associates be doing other things because you don't need headcount, right, to get to that 80-30. Pretty cool use case, something that we talk to our clients about a lot if they're worried about staffing, right, and and they want to be within budget and maybe they have a tighter budget. And we say, okay, guys, maybe we can't do an 80-30 or an 80-20 like you'd like, but let's still keep your customers happy um, so we can take this headcount away but because you guys can go up to, you know, this minute, a minute and a half or two minutes and your customers don't really drop off or 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 show any type of negativity towards that waiting. I will say on average to be – we really don't see a huge drop until about a minute 30 to two minutes. You know, anything after two minutes, there starts to become a little bit of frustration and then you can get to five to seven minutes and there's big drops. But really, you know, an 80-30 is important, but we're really seeing about a minute to a minute 30, you know, as the as an okay place to be, you know, where customers are willing to wait, you know, that that extent, especially in, in COVID times. All right. The other cool thing, number seven, is we can track silence, right? So really, we can track the percentage of times that there's total silence on the phone. So whether that is a soft skills that your your reps don't have, right? Or maybe they're putting people on hold a lot. They're putting people on mute a lot. So we can look at, you know, obviously you know the the hold times when you look at your reporting, but a lot of times you can't look and see how many times they're muted, right? And a lot of times that's how reps will kind of get away with it, right? Uh, um, they'll just mute the customer when they're asking a question, not put them on hold. So this is a way that we can really tell and and see, you know, if there is an issue with a specific rep from a customer experience standpoint by how long customers are being put on on hold and how long there's silence on each of the calls. All right. So number eight, and I think this probably, I don't know if it's a unique use case, but it's one that's probably not used enough, and that's fraud protection with analytics. Right, so you can track specific if-then statements that get say, said by customers. Right, again, I always use the um, the example for a financial services customer that we have. If a customer wants to get a new debit or credit card sent and they need to change their address, right? I'm not saying that that's fraud, but those calls are going to get flagged so that our QA team and our analytic team can listen to them and make sure that you know there's nothing kind of weird going on there. So we talk to every client and you should kind of do that too with maybe, you know, stakeholders that maybe are in your call center or above you that, you know, know some ways that fraud has happened in the past and see if you can come up with keywords or phrases that, that are said during those, you know, those fraud attempts so that all those calls get flagged, right? So that instantly when that stuff gets said, you're able to then go in and say, whoa, 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 let's go take a deeper look at this. Let's look at the customer file, dig in. And, and try to hit fraud off before it even happens. So again, I don't know if that's a unique use case, but it's an underutilized use case, especially for analytics uh, and the tools with if-then statements that are coming out um, to be able to to be able to do that. 
All right, number nine is, again, we know we can track keywords, but the other thing is we can track how many times our competitor gets said, right? Or a specific keyword that we'd like to use. And I'm going to I'm going to use this. <laughs> I guess we're, we're post-election or I don't know. Are we post-election? Nobody's conceded yet. I don't know. But we worked for a nonprofit that the Trump family gave a lot of money to. And this, this is not a political statement whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but we had to track how many times customers called in, right? And they would call in irritated and say, you shouldn't take money from the Trump family, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so they always thought that that was negative, right? That, you know, we're, we get hammered a lot because, you know, we took this money from the Trump family for our, our nonprofit. And, you know, we found out it was about 50-50, right? So 50% of the time people called in, they were irritated. They wanted them to give the money back. And another 50% was, um, you know, people that, you know, wanted to ask questions about it, that thought that was awesome. You know, they, they were positive when the, when the word Trump got brought up. Now, the difference was people would call in specifically to complain about giving the money back, where the other calls would kind of come within another call, right? They weren't calling to say, hey, the Trump family's great. They will call and, and say, hey, I'd like to give another $20 a month to, you know, to your to your organization. And, hey, I heard that the, the Trump family is giving money too. That's pretty cool. That kind of stuff would happen. So, you know, we were able to kind of you know, paint a picture of how these calls were coming in. And I think that's just one, you know, one maybe outside the the ballpark ancillary kind of example. But you could see how if, if there's a couple specific words or competitors or things that that you really want to track, right? That's a really cool use case for for analytics as well. Okay, and the last one is you can expand the quality to other channels, right? So many of you struggle. And I know because I hear from a lot of you struggle to do quality on chat, right? And to do quality on emails. So not only can we, you know, look um, at at chat and look at emails from a quality standpoint, we can also look at them from an analytics standpoint. We can look at keywords within those because it's almost, they're almost, well, they basically are transcripts. So you can get actually really good data from your chat and from your email because they're already in the format that the AI and that the the programming you know can can take, so it doesn't have to then transcribe them and maybe transcribe them. A, and the transcription's a little off. You now this is kind of just real raw data that's feeding right into the analytics platform, so you can get some really cool stuff from there. And that's something that is underutilized: is chat and email with analytics. Now there's some tweaking that you normally have to do because everybody has you know headers in email and you know you have probably the the company name and and those types of things and, and maybe the footers and or the signature area. So there's ways to to kind of programmatically you know not include those so that you don't see them on every single email, which is going to kind of skew your keyword um, data. But if you just kind of stick to the body of the of the emails and and you stick to your chats, you can get some some really cool really cool stuff. So. Again, that's 10 ways to to find some ROI, 10 unique use cases for speech analytics. This list is going to continue to grow as new releases come out from everybody's analytic platforms and, and new ways that that kind of come. So it's it's a pretty cool time to get really involved in the in analytics. I think it's a it's a lot of fun and there's just a lot of really unique data that you can you can pull from it. So again, thank you guys. I appreciate it. If uh, if there's any possible way that you guys can leave a review, I would really, really appreciate it, especially on iTunes. Um, 
that would be awesome. We've uh, we've kind of stalled a little bit there on on our reviews. Uh, please join the Advice from a Call Center Geek Facebook community. Join our texting community. Just text call center to 814-247-0366. If you have any questions you ever want to ask me, that's a direct line to me. And then also for any of you who are looking for call center software, call center solutions, I'm not sure where to go. Have a couple questions. Anytime that you have any questions that, that deal with that, please, I'm a, I'm an open book as well. Feel free to, uh, to, to look me up and, uh, and, uh, and ask away. So if you're not following me as well on, on LinkedIn, you got to follow me on LinkedIn. We're posting a ton of really good stuff um, every single day, trying to get about 15 to 20 different pieces of, of call center content. I never sell on there. Um, every once in a while, I might post something about Expedia, but pretty much it's it's just call center ops and and things that to hopefully help and, and add value to all of you. Again, thank you guys very much. I will try to post before or try to do another podcast before Thanksgiving. Might be done on Black Friday. Well, probably won't be done on Black Friday. It's going to be crazy busy here. So I'll try to get one out next week. Um, if not, have a great, great, great Thanksgiving, and I will. Uh, I'll talk to all of you soon.